So I'm super excited to announce that the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care has partnered with Flat River Infusions as a corporate sponsor. Now, who is Flat River Infusions? They are a North Carolina-based hemp and CBD company that provides all natural CBD products. The owner of Flat River Infusions, Nick Sagan, has a pretty powerful family story to tell. I would encourage you to go to their website, flatriverinfusions.com, and read about it. But just to let you know that Flat River's products are non-GMO, gluten-free, full-spectrum, and broad-spectrum CBD oils. There's a quality product that's grown in North Carolina, and you can't really say that about a lot of the CBD products on the market today. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what the quality control is. And you don't know what other channels those products have passed through before they actually get to you. Whether you're looking for a wellness product to add to your routine or an all-natural plant product, Flat River Infusions is here to help. Their products help support healthy body functioning, as well as help support healthy growing muscles as well. My favorite product is the CBD Herbal Salve which comes in a little glass container and you can literally rub it on your joints or any sore muscles. And within 30 minutes, you feel better. It's amazing. I love it and I use it daily and I would encourage you to do the same. If you are interested in checking out Flat River Infusion products, please go to their website at flatriverinfusions.com. And any purchase that you make when you mention our show, please use the coupon code CUFITNESS, the letter C, the letter U, fitness, and receive a 20% discount on all of your purchases. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Allison Kaczkowski. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am your host. I am happy to have you with me on this Tuesday morning. I hope that wherever you are, you're doing something fun and positive for yourself. So can you believe that 2021, the, the end of 2021, is coming, is literally right in front of us? It's amazing how fast this year has gone by. And I've had, and if you've been following me for a while, you know that um, I've, I've been speaking a lot to what I believe are the self-care challenges that people are facing um, in relation to the COVID pandemic, but also to speaking to what is next? What is, how are we sort of navigating the new normal? How are we navigating what could possibly next be next for us? Um, and one of the reasons why I call this show the ultimate journey of self-care is that this is a journey for everyone. And it really depends on where you are what you're doing, how you're managing, how you're handling change, and asking, always asking yourself what else is possible. So um, in my almost two years that I've been on the air, which I'm just so incredibly grateful for, I've been able to connect with some pretty awesome guests. And my guest today comes to me from Spain, um, which I'm super excited about because we just, we keep reaching more and more people. My guest today is Dr. Orlina Carrick. She goes by Dr. Orlina. She is a health coach. Um, she ser mostly serves women over the age of 40. We're going to be having a, a, a nice conversation just about habits in general um, and how all that relates to how we do self-care. So thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Orlina. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Wonderful. Wonderful. So why don't you tell my audience a little bit about you and your background and what led you to do what you're doing now? Absolutely. So as you may be able to tell, I don't I'm not from Spain I'm from the UK and I trained in the UK as a medical doctor and I started doing pediatrics I did all my training in pediatrics and then around 10 years ago I decided for lifestyle reasons that I was going to move to Spain and I say I kind of 
moved with my eyes wide shut. I thought it was just going to be easy for me to pick up my career in Spain. But to cut a very long story short, that was not the case. So I have four children and I started, you know, online work thinking about picky eating and healthy eating for kids because, hey, guess what? My kids were picky eaters and I was a bit stuck at that time thinking, oh, my goodness, I thought it was easy to get kids to eat healthily. Uh, right. it, trans- it transpires that it's not as easy as you think. So I did a lot of work on that. And one of the issues I would frequently come across was parents who essentially wanted to teach their kids healthy eating. But the big problem was that they weren't eating healthily. And, you know, one of the best things that we can do to teach our kids is demonstrate. So the reality is, is that when we look at which children are going to grow up to be healthy eaters, the ones that are in the families where they're eating healthily they're just they're going to just copy the parents that's just normal eating for them right and so I decided that well it was partly a realization that really and truly what needed to happen was that the family needed a total revamp they needed to go back to the drawing board and often the parents needed to have a look at their eating habits and what was going on there so at that time I decided to what they say pivot and really focus my efforts on the mother and teaching the mum how to be healthy, how to lead a healthy life so that they've got all that energy to you uh-huh. know, be the best parent that they want to be. But also with that, you know, supporting them on teaching their children as well. So essentially, that's what I do now. I help women lead their most healthy life and feel fit and fabulous and, you know, have a long and healthy life and enjoy it and have bucket loads yeah, of energy. Yeah. Yeah, so I love how you're talking about, you know, the healthy habits translate into more energy, because I really think that is something that we just need to shout every single day as professionals from the housetops, as long as people will listen, so to speak. Absolutely, I 100% agree. It really does speak to what we do every day, these tiny little habits that we do every day that really result in us having more energy and feeling better and showing up better and being the best role model that we can for our kids and anyone else who's important to us. Even a step beyond that, looking Uh at our long-term health as well. So many people don't realize that it's so easy to lead a healthy life and the benefits in the long run are just amazing. That when you look at all the sort of illness that we have in the world today, so much of it comes back to lifestyle and how do you avoid it? by leading a healthy lifestyle. And it's not complicated. It's really easy, except Uh we have this big idea that, oh my goodness, I can't do it. It's too complicated. I'm too busy. All of that going on when really it's like, no, actually it is actually quite simple. You just have to change your habits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, 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 let's speak about habits for just a minute. Cause I think this is probably as good a time as any. I mean, I think so many of us have basically had to re re I don't want to say relearn, but there's still a lot of people out there that are figuring out how to go forward and what's next for them. So, you know, from a daily perspective, what do you think are the toughest habits? Like let's take healthy eating, for example. What do you think is the toughest habit for people to master around that? Well, you know what I think is the toughest? I think it's your mindset and how you think about things and the way we think about things and our emotions, our habits as well. And when we are stuck in this habit of I can't do it and it's too difficult, that translates as 
it's really difficult for you to do it because you keep telling yourself it's really difficult. Whereas when you can change your mindset and go, hey, it's super easy. I've got this. We're going to be doing eating mostly vegetables or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, but it's easy. Then suddenly it is easy. What's that famous quote that goes, whatever you think you can do, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And I know that's very trite, but Mm -hmm. the the big thing is what, how do you change your thoughts? And when you're stuck in that place of thinking, it's not possible to change my thoughts, I can't change my thoughts, then you're in a really difficult place. But once Well, you- I mean, I think as human beings, it's interesting you bring this up because I talk a lot about this in my, in my training and what I do with the work, what I do with my clients too, is that, you know, our brain is designed to think the same things. You know, we think abundance of, what, 50,000 thoughts in a day on average, sometimes more. And the majority of what we think doesn't really help us. It's the same thoughts just recycled over and over and over again. So to your point, you know, if you're getting in this headspace of it's too hard, I can't do it. And you think that several times throughout the day. I mean, that's almost like fact to you, you know. So if you hear someone say like a coach, for example, well, let's work on changing your thoughts. Well, this is what I really believe. I mean, it just. I think it really presents us as coaches with a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the way we have to think about it is those negative thoughts are like Mm -hmm. a highway. And Mm -hmm. we've been cultivating those negative thoughts for, you know, 20, 30, perhaps even 40 years. They're Uh really entrenched negative thoughts. So when you start thinking, okay, I'm going to make some positive thoughts. And quite often I see that that's, about self-worth and self-love and thinking, do you know what, I'm actually worth investing a little bit of time and energy in, Mm -hmm. then I kind of think about it as walking across a field that is full of tall grass. And the first time you walk across that field, it's hard work because you have to trample the grass down. Mm-hmm. Now, the second time you walk across that field, it's a little bit easier because you've bent the grass down and you sort of made a little path. And the more you go over it and the more you go over it, the easier it becomes to think of these positive thoughts. But essentially, those positive thoughts need to be the ones that pop into your head first mm-hmm. rather than the highway of negative thoughts. So, yeah. yeah, it's just about going over it, going over it, creating thoughts that you actually believe rather than, huh. OK, I don't believe this. And really being aware of how we think. Yeah, a lot of, I mean, I I totally hear where you're coming from, but I've never been a proponent of the positive thought angle because it only will take you so far. I mean, our our brains are hardwired so much to think the same types of things. And I do think that there's some, some merit and some, you know, some, I don't know the word I'm trying to look for. I do believe that there is, it's worth looking at, but I ultimately think at the end of the day, what is really going to help us change what we think is to really connect it to our purpose, to what it is that we really want and desire for our lives and how that really makes us feel. Because the feelings are what really drive the bus. The thoughts are behind the feelings, but the feelings are what our minds remember the most. Yeah. So it's interesting that overlap between thoughts and emotions and exactly what's going on there. And I love this quote, which is we are predominantly Um, emotional creatures who think rather than Mm -hmm. thinking creatures who also feel emotions. And I think you're absolutely right that when we understand that our emotions are what drives our behavior and we do things 
because of emotions rather than because, hey, my rational brain says, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Our emotions go, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I want yeah. to do something else. And I think that's a, a very pertinent point. Yeah, I just think that, you know, we're so hardwired to do things the way we always do them. I mean, it just, it gets to where it feels, you know, normal for lack of a better way to say it. And so I think the real work for all of us when it comes to changing habits, like to eat better, for example, to use your point or to, you know, be the best role model for our kids or, you know, demonstrate that we know how to do this. And, you know, therefore it's easy to follow us. You know, it's really, really important, I think, to tie in, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, you know, the passion and the feeling behind it. Um, Because, I mean, a colleague of mine said when I was a student, and I've never forgotten it, knowledge is not enough to change behavior. You know, we can talk all day long about how important it is to, you know, to eat, you know, a certain number of fruits and vegetables a day and to watch fried foods and to watch processed foods and and et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't always mean that we're going to follow through. So, you know, connecting it to that emotional piece is, you know, so super critical to, and when we learn to connect the dots between what we're thinking and how it's making us feel, that's really where I think we can find the disconnect. Yeah, well, I think we, I personally look at all three of those. So I think about how we think and I think about how to change your emotions. And actually, it's really interesting, but you can change your emotions. And obviously, it's a skill that you need to learn but also then thinking about your actions as well. Mm -hmm. And as you were sort of pointing out, we tend to judge ourselves based on our actions. So as we can change all three of those, I kind of think of this big tap that you're turning and it's busy spinning, 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 and you want to stop it and turn it in the opposite direction. And so to begin with, it feels, okay, I'm making baby, baby, baby steps. But as it gains momentum, it becomes much, much easier. And I think that all all three of those areas, so, you know, creating habits in the way that we act, in the way that we think, and the way that we, our emotions, is what's going to get us to where we want to get. Okay, well, so let's fast forward then a little bit more to, you know, the modeling healthy eating, since that's something that you do in your work with clients. Let's talk about like day to day, since we're talking about mindset. What are some of the things that you hear in your client circles about what keeps people from doing, you know, from doing better by themselves? Yeah, so, so many things. And I think the reality is, is it boils down to habits. You know, what, what is it mm-hmm. that's keeping them from changing their behavior quite often is habits. So they might say, okay, I'm going to start eat more, start eating more healthily. This is how I'm going to eat. And you know, they start off doing really, really well. And then life happens. And it's not a question of if life is going to happen. It's a question of when. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I hear people, I always tell my clients that at the very beginning, don't ever, don't think (laughs) that something's not going to come up because everything always does. Exactly, exactly. And so when life happens, then they go back to these old habits and Mm -hmm. then they get cross with themselves and go, oh my goodness, I'm a failure. I can't do this. And I say, no, the reality is, is that you're a human with a human body and a human mind. And what has happened is you think that you're creating these habits, but the definition of habit is that you do something without thinking about it. So when you're in that phase of I'm thinking very hard about creating this habit, it's not actually a habit. It's what I call a seedling habit. It's growing, but it's not a strong 
oak tree habit. And so when life happens, they go back to those strong oak tree habits that they've got, which are the old habits that they want to change, but they just haven't gone far enough along to continue to make those habits really, really strong. And I think that is basically what happens to so many people. I call it the rickety bridge of being where you are Mm -hmm. and where you want to get to. Oh, I like that analogy, the rickety bridge. I think so many of us can identify with, say, standing on something that doesn't always feel real stable. You know, it's not a bridge. Maybe it's a walkway. Maybe it's stepping on a stone in your yard or, you know, whatever. Um, And I think we can all relate to what that actually feels like. So I love that analogy with, you know, trying to correct, you know, a habit or how we think about something or whatever. It can really, it can feel almost clunky at first. Yeah, exactly. And that's partly because our brains, our left side of our brain is busy going, hey, I want to keep you safe. Right. This is another thing that I see that, you know, you were talking about motivation and emotions. And we start off with this great motivation, which I think is super important to, to, to tap into on a daily basis. And when you're there in this possibility, you're busy going, hooray, I can cook new recipes and I can do exercise and I can do all these amazing things. Mm-hmm. And then life happens and your left side of your brain, which likes to keep you safe, goes, hey, do you know what? What we're doing now, you're alive. That's great. Let's just carry on like that, shall we? We know what the result is. You're doing fine. So let's not change anything. And that's that voice of, I don't like change. I don't like different things, that voice of despondency. And our brains flip in and out of this possibility, despondency, possibility, despondency. It's back and forth. Yeah. It's what I like, belief and disbelief. Yes, exactly. But once you recognize that and you have the tools to help you over that, then you can keep going and you can get back to possibility. Okay. Well, let's go. Let's let's talk a little bit more then. Let's kind of try to steer this back towards some healthy eating since that's really kind of what you teach primarily. And I know when we're talking about self-care day to day, this is honestly, you know, a big problem, I think, for a lot of people, not just parents modeling for kids, but I think just people in general, especially now. Um, Absolutely. You know, and you know, I, I, this is where I, I do think, you know, and, and they're, you know, kind of two schools of thought here. I do think like, you know, last year when we were all in lockdown, I think there were people that were, you know, struggling with eating and staying on track because of the emotions that were running so high. And then there are people who, you know, kind of saw it as an opportunity to kind of reframe how they were doing themselves. So I think we had, you know, kind of two avenues that people were, you know, choosing to go down. But now that we're slowly kind of, you know, coming back to some semblance of normal. I mean, a lot of people, you know, that I know of have basically returned to normal. And then there are people that are still trying to navigate it. So, so when it comes to day-to-day self-care and healthy eating, what do you think some of the biggest problems for people are? Well, I think for me, when I look at what is healthy eating and what are people eating, and I like to keep things nice and simple, mm-hmm. that the vast majority is that people are not eating enough fruit and vegetables. And that's yeah, such a, I agree. an amazingly easy thing to rectify. Mm-hmm. And I can say that to you 10 times. It's all about the fruit and vegetables. Yeah. But then people come away and they think, oh, well, I've had an apple. So that's 
That's enough. That's okay. Had, That's enough. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But I can't say it strongly enough that it's, no, no, it's not just I'm going to eat an apple or I'm going to add in a little bit. It's about really this plant-based diet. So, you know, you're getting yeah. most yeah. of your calories from plants, vegetables, yes. lentils, legumes, another really good source of protein and fiber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the flip side of that is moving away from processed foods and yes, what yes. I call white refined carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. And I would caveat that with saying, you know, there's nothing that we have to exclude. It's not like we're never allowed to eat these things. I love this phrase, nothing is forbidden in moderation. But I think mm-hmm. the key is moderation. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people don't grasp that idea. So they get to this idea of like, well, I like the cookies and I like the cakes. So I'm going to eat lots of those. Well, and I, and you bring up a good point. I love the concept of moderation, but what another one of my colleagues uses an expression, how can we live in the and here rather than the either or? And I think there are so many people that view that because it's change, this is too hard. I ate it, like to use your point, I ate an apple earlier, so I, I'm doing better. You know, or I had, you know, this instead of this. So I'm, I'm doing better. I'm trying. Almost like that is enough. You know, in their minds, they think that's enough change. So I think the more as professionals that we can speak to, you know, what do these little habit changes actually look like? Can you do this instead of this? Can you do this instead of this? The more we can repeat that in a way that's bite-sized, if you will, for people, I think that goes along. Yeah. And my bite size would be just add more vegetables. And it's, it's mm-hmm. almost like um, it's a balance, you know, yeah. that the more vegetables you eat, the less, for want of a better word, junk food you eat. And the yeah. reverse is also yeah. true. So my mother was here. I haven't seen her. It's the first time we've seen her in 15 months. And oh, so wow. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, but we're celebrating and grandmother, right. you know, we're eating more junk food. Of course party food and that's perfectly fine but then Mm -hmm. I noticed within that week also the amount of fruit and vegetables that I eat has decreased because it's this balance but you generally want to keep that balance on fruit and vegetables far more and the other thing is is portion size is a really big player in, in society these days and the reality is is you know if you I put in in quotes, you know, overeat vegetables, the amount of calories that you have overeaten is so few compared to if you overeat cookies and candy and all of these other things. So it's kind of difficult to overeat vegetables. I I like to talk about cabbage and cookies. And, you know, if you think about, we have these um, cookies in the UK called hobnobs, they're just sort of plain cookies. And I don't teach people how to count calories, but they are useful to understand the energy in food. And each calorie, each cookie has 70 calories in it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 100 grams of cabbage has something like 25 calories in it. So you can eat 300 grams of cabbage for one cookie. So, you know, how often can you eat a whole packet of cookies? Now, I can put my hand up and say that I've eaten a whole packet of cookies in well, my Well, I life. think we all have. You know, exactly, exactly. No. But now I love cabbage, but who has ever eaten an entire cabbage in one sitting? Now I love cabbage, yeah. but it's impossible to eat that much because- Yeah, yeah, because of the increased fiber too. Exactly, you get yeah. so full up and you're like, I yeah. can't yeah. 
eat this anymore. Yeah. So it's really difficult <laughs> yeah. to overeat fruit and vegetables. Yeah. Right. Particularly vegetables. Yeah, no, I, I think you bring up a really good point. I think too, it, you know, we, I think if, if we're really being honest, I think this is where that whole issue of, you know, do you eat to feed your emotions or do you eat because you're feeling your body comes up too? I mean, that, that is usually a topic of discussion that we do on my retreats because we spend an entire day on energy and metabolism. And so we kind of explore, you know, what these pathways are because, you know, to use your point, eating an entire package of cookies is not about being hungry most of the time. It's about, you know, stress or feeding an emotion or wanting to prolong, you know, to, for lack of a better way to say it, you know, the the feeling of, of pleasure that we get when we eat something sweet. I mean, there's a lot behind that too. Exactly. Well, for me, I remember it was when I was younger and revising for exams. It was the reward I gave yeah, myself. Yeah, totally. Well, that's just so, how our, that's another way of how our, our brains are wired. So exactly, exactly. So, so let's, um, before we wrap up, let's, what would you say are three easy, or maybe if it's not three, maybe it's more, what are easy little habit changes that, you know, people that, you know, anyone listening could sort of keep in the front of their mind and start implementing right away? Okay. So number one, I would say just add more vegetables. It's yeah. so easy to add yeah. more vegetables. And then once you've added some more vegetables, add some more vegetables. I would and then also, add more and then add more, right? <laughs> exactly. Right? And I think as well, going back to this idea of, you know, how do we create food for, you know, whether it's ourselves or our family, but on one level, turn it into a bit of a game. Because if you're trying to produce food from a place of, oh my goodness, this is so awful. My kids aren't going to eat it. I don't like it. It's such a struggle. Well, you're going to find it a struggle. So I like to find ways of making it fun. So one of the things I do is I go to our vegetable market and I buy, you know, I bulk buy whatever is on the verge, what I call slightly manky. So I might, for example, come back with 20 kilograms of eggplants. And then I have this game of what on earth am I going to do with 20 kilograms of eggplants? And I make it happen. And, you know, I might freeze some, I'll cook them in different ways, but I just experiment And my rules are, it always has to be easy. So I'm not doing anything super complicated because I don't have time to spend hours and hours cooking. You know, I'm busy doing To use your word, I think simple still needs to be in there. Yes, exactly. Simple and easy. So, you know, things like throw it in the oven and how can I make it more interesting by adding a little bit of flavor or something like that. But, you know, create your own game for whatever it is. Um, And I think that's really going to help you keep going once you Mm. make it a game, whether it is a game in what you cook or exercising, you know, things like our sports watches. I love sports watches because, you know, they do this. It depends on your watch, but, you know, you might have a point for doing this and a streak, Mm -hmm. you know, how many days in a row can you go? But all of that just keeps us motivated in this slightly ridiculous but fun game yeah, well, it's like you're staying focused on your purpose and why this is important to you, too. And the more I think, however means necessary, you know, exactly. I, you know, in a way that serves you. And I think we all like, you know, kind of gamifying something. It kind of gives us, we feel like we're part of something, not just something bigger than us, but we feel like, okay, I'm in this to win it kind of thing. And if we can, the more we can feed that mentality, you know, in a positive way, of course, around 
changing our habits, I mean, my goodness, what kind of change could we see? Exactly, exactly. Just, you know, it's a bit of fun. Use it. To yeah, yeah totally. Totally. Okay, so this has been this has been awesome. I love getting another professional's perspective, especially when it comes to mindset and habits. But let's say someone out there is listening and they're thinking, I am digging this. I can probably make this work. What's one thing you could tell them to do today? I think think about your motivation. Like you were saying, motivation and emotions is what keeps you going. But one of the things about motivation is people often say, well, you know what? I'm going to wait for motivation to happen. And I say, no, you need to generate that motivation. Yeah, so it comes, about, motivation comes and goes. That's what I always say, because it does. Yeah, exactly. But you can sort of step into it. So you think about, okay, this is where I want to get to. This is all the exciting stuff, the possibility. And then you kind of forget about it. But you can turn that into a fun period of time in your day as well. So you, you know, I like to sit down with a cup of coffee. because I love coffee. And, you know, it's my little relaxation time in the morning, but also I'm digging into that possibility, that uh-huh. motivation. So, yeah. you know, it's keeping me going and that motivation, those emotions, those excited emotions are the ones that are going to keep you going. So, yeah, I think so too. I think creating a space where we're sort of picturing in our mind what the result that we want really is. And what's involved with that and how that really makes us feel. I really think that at the end of the day is what's going to drive the bus for us. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And all those other changes. Yeah. yeah, All those other changes will come from that place of, okay, so that didn't quite work for me, but I've still got this picture of motivation. So I'm going to take another step towards it. Yeah. Or, you know, or instead of say picture of motivation, like a, a picture of, you know, what's possible, you know, what's coming, what's, what's in this big picture that I'm thinking of, you know, and really let yourself kind of play a little bit, because I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, there's so much during the day where we don't have control over. I mean, I mean, we do at the end of the day, because we always have a choice, but there's so much of our lives that, you know, we get so involved in that we forget that. So I think giving ourselves some time, that's probably one of the best way, best ways to give ourselves self-care, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where can people find you? Well, thank you for asking. I have a podcast called Fit and Fabulous at 40 and Beyond. And my website is drorlina.com. And you can find various handouts and resources and contact me through there. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, Fit and Fabulous, can we find that like say on Apple or any of the popular? Yes. Yes. It's on Apple and all those other podcasts. Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. So if anyone out there is listening and has been listening to my chat here with Dr. Orlina, please feel free to reach out to her. Check out her show too at Fit and Fabulous. She's on uh, several platforms just like we are, or you can check out her website at drorlina.com. Sounds like she's got a lot of interesting goodies there. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. So if anyone out there again is listening, please feel free to check out Dr. Orlina's show. I always, as a podcaster myself, I always love uh, promoting another fellow podcaster, especially a rock star female coach. So please, um, please make sure you head over and give her some love. And before I sign off, a couple of things I want to share with you. One is we are in the middle of a rebrand here at CU Fitness. We are going to be, um, we are kind of retooling some of our offerings, but probably something that's pretty exciting that I want to share with you today is, is that If you have been following me for a while and you are thinking, I really wish I lived closer because I want to be able to join 
in for a workout and be part of all this stuff. And there's going to be a way, there's a way for you to do that. We are streaming live a lot of our workouts now. We are offering options for you to book class spots no matter where you are. And you can join us um, virtually for that. Um, it's going to be part of our new online club called the Body Moxie Club. So we are going to be sharing some information about that in the days to come. So please keep your ears and your eyes peeled for that. The second thing is, is that uh, we are continuing to add retreats. We are doing, we're doing an event in the Florida Keys in December. We are taking a group to the Caribbean in October, and we are already working on our calendar for next year. We're looking at, um, we're going to be going back to the Keys in May. As soon as the borders in New Zealand open up, we have a trip that we're working on for that. Um, but we cannot really make any determinations about when that will happen until we have more info. So keep your eyes peeled to our retreat website, cufitnessretreats.com. You'll find all that in the show notes. And if you're not yet in my private Facebook community, please come over and join me there, Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care. We do lots of fun things in there. You get all the latest info on what's happening in our online club there, what classes are on tap, what kind of challenges we're doing. And all of that is just a way for us to stay connected to you. So thank you so much for all of your support. We are two years old, which is, I'm still pinching myself. Um, we are heard all over the world. We have um, thousands of people listening to us and following us and, and listening to our shows every week. And for that, I'm so incredibly grateful. I could not be here without you and your support. So this is Allison Kaskowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer today to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one.